Thank you so much for checking out the audio version of my channel, Ruslan KD, can you stream out loud on all platforms? If you, yes, you find this valuable, the best way you can reach me, the best way you can give me feedback, the best way you can even hop into a group Zoom call with me is through our King's Dream Patreon community. So consider partnering with us there. The link is in the description of this podcast. Thank you so much for all the love and support. Now enjoy. Bruce Lawn. All right, so recently, Justin Bieber, Chance the Rapper, I think Jaden Smith, and Carrie Job had a huge concert in Inglewood, California for the Freedom Concert at SoFi Stadium. It was a big deal. A bunch of my friends were there and tagged me that they were playing some of our old instrumentals from the Dream Junkies project. So shout out to whoever was DJing and playing some of our instrumentals. And they played some of Brother John Keith's instrumental before the event started. So that I thought that was super dope. So I just wanted to say that. Justin Bieber uh, apparently preaches about Jesus. Uh, you got the likes of, again, J- uh, Jaden Smith, Chance the Rapper, uh, uh, Connor McGregor's in the crowd jamming out. And Justin Bieber jumps into this, uh, I guess you could say gospel presentation. We're going to take a look at it. Is it the gospel? Is it easy believism? Is it a prosperity gospel? We're going to talk about it. What do the scriptures say? Uh, yeah, Judah Smith was there as well. I'm very I'm very excited to check this whole clip out. It's, it's a little long. I don't know if I'm going to watch the whole thing. The finding value from this video, give this video a like and uh, help us with the YouTube algorithm. All right, let's just jump into this right now. It's Justin Bieber. And some of you, I don't know... Um might not be used to this kind of atmosphere, but what you're feeling right now is the presence of God. It's interesting. So what you're feeling right now is the presence of God based on the atmosphere. He doesn't need perfect people. He just wants to use average, ordinary, broken people like us. I like it. Doesn't need perfect people. I don't know if anybody's preached about Jesus with this this much bling on, by the way. So shout out to you, Justin. This man just 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 tripped out with all just platinum and diamond chains. But let's keep watching. You know, uh, I'm tired of religion. You know, I'm tired of religion. I'm tired of division. Hmm. You know? I just want to know what it looks like to love people. You know, I want to know that Jesus. Wants to know how to love people, Jesus, bro. People are love just how raw this man is, man, and just that he is just unapologetic to to preach this. This wasn't like an explicitly Christian event, so I'm assuming he did his regular set there. So people, some people are gonna have issues with that, right? Like he's gonna do, you know, probably records like Peaches and all these different records, and then there's this really cool moment. We do got a hope, and his name is Jesus. And it's Amen. We so we so we, so so just so we're following along. We do got a hope, and his name is Jesus, and he changed my life. Some people need specific language when the gospel is presented for it to be valid. What I think is interesting here is he clearly talks about having an encounter with Jesus and being changed because of that encounter with Jesus. Tonight, um, I'm going to have my brother, I'm going to cry. I'm You're going to cry? You've been crying, bud. My brother, who's, um, 
who's also changed my life. His name is Judah Smith. Shout out to Judah Smith. To, uh, I want him to share a little bit about what's what's changed my life. And so I can't look at you or else I'm gonna cry. So just do what you do. So okay, first of all, I think this is really cool of Justin in that he is just just raw. He's sharing what he's sharing. This is where he's at. He says Jesus changed his life. Justin is not a pastor. Justin is not a, a preacher. Justin is a, a pop star. That that is what he is. So I think it's dope that in his understanding of the gospel, he's doing his best to articulate, which I think it's important that it's coming from him. But he brings on Judah Smith now. I don't think any one preacher has it all together and has all the perfect theology or anything like this. But I think Judah Smith, having met him, having heard him preach uh, multiple times, I, I remember one time I heard him preach verse by verse through like Ephesians chapter one. And it was one of the dopest messages I've heard from Ephesians chapter one. So I think it's really wise that Justin Bieber brings on and brings in pastors to help him steward this platform in order to contextualize the gospel. I think that's really cool. Um, by the way, if you guys didn't know, over 55% of the people that watch this channel are not subscribed. So if you're finding value from this video, hit that subscribe button, bell notification, and give us a like for the YouTube algorithm. Okay, let's get back to Justin Bieber as he's bringing out Judah Smith. Let's see what Judah Smith has to say. Thank you, Justin, for the opportunity. Tonight is about the celebration of each other about the celebration of humanity. It's about the freedoms we can use to serve each other. No one got Judah's... Um Judah's Judas sermon. That's a bummer. Okay, well, whatever. So Judah Smith comes out. I'm, I'm assuming he preaches some more about Jesus. I think that when the name of Jesus is, is proclaimed, when there's pastors that are stepping out in the mix, um, when he's talking about a changed life, a transformed life, I think this is a dub for the, the, the message of Jesus going forth. I think this is a dub. I think there's a lot of folks that are going to have their worldview shaped at a very early age by one of the biggest pop icons in the world. If, when I was growing up, Michael Jackson was doing this sort of stuff, and that was our pop icon when I was growing up. And I know some of you guys are like, you were listening to Michael Jackson? Michael Jackson's secular. Uh, <laughs> and I think, I think when you see that, it is... It does something to the way you view these things. Now, it's not going to be an instant magic bullet that completely transforms everything. I think it is going to do something with the way you see these things. And I see these things as seeds being planted in the grand scheme of someone hearing about Jesus. These are the first seeds being planted. And then in God's sovereignty, someone else is going to come along and water, and someone else is going to come along and see the harvest grow and all that kind of stuff. So I understand that a lot of you guys are skeptical. I understand that a lot of you guys need specific things said. I understand that you guys, you got to say the word repent. Where was the repent? You know, all the, all the, all the Hulkamaniac Christians, all the brothers across the world watching, I need to see the word repent preached out to the gospel of the Jesus Christ. We need to see the word. Why did he not say the word repent? Right? Some of you guys are on that energy. I respect it, but let's go to what the scriptures say about this and let's see what was written about people who were not perfect preaching about Jesus. This is just one passage. There's multiple examples of this, multiple stories of this all throughout scripture of imperfect people who didn't have the right theology, who didn't have all the answers and they're preaching Jesus. They're even casting out name, uh, demons in the name of Jesus. And Jesus does not rebuke them, right? He says, no one who does these things in my name will, let, will later say something ill of me. So that's interesting. Now let's go to Philippians chapter 1. You guys have heard me 
preach from this passage. Some people are going to say, it's good that they preach, but I wish that it wasn't a secular event. I wish that he would have yelled, repent and turn and fall on your face and worship the Holy God. Right? Okay, respect. So let's just, let's just look at what Paul said. This was happening in Paul's time. Philippians chapter one, Paul, Philippians chapter one. It's true that some are preaching out of jealousy and rivalry, but others preach about Christ with pure motives. So it is true that in Paul's time, some were preaching the gospel out of jealousy and out of rivalry and some with pure motives. Okay. We don't know people's motives. We, we really don't know what people's motives are. We don't know what's going on. And Paul then goes on to say, verse 16, they preach because they love me for they know I have been, uh, I have been anointed to defend good, uh, to defend the good news. Those others do not have pure motives as they preach about Christ. They preach with selfish ambition, not sincerely intending to make my chains more painful to me. So there are people that are preaching Christ with uh, not the most pure motives and they're doing it from selfish ambition and they're making Paul's, this is Paul. He writes the majority of our New Testament. They're making his chains more painful to him, okay? But listen to what he says, but that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, matter, but it, but that doesn't matter whether their motives are false or genuine. It's not your prerogative to know whether Justin's motives are, 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 are are pure or not. It's not none of your business. It doesn't matter, but that doesn't matter whether their motives are false or genuine. The message about Christ is being preached either way. So I rejoice and will continue to rejoice. Amen. So some of you guys like, well, what about his, what about the motives? What about when Jane Smith was there? He's on some weird stuff. Oh, Chance talked about this and blah, 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 right? It doesn't matter. Verse 18, we'll read it again. It doesn't matter whether their motives are false or genuine. The message about Christ is being preached either way. So I rejoice and I will continue to rejoice. For I know that as you pray, For I know that as you pray for me and the Spirit of Jesus Christ helps me, this will lead to my deliverance. You should rejoice if the gospel is being preached. That doesn't mean you got to believe or or listen to Justin Bieber's music now, okay? It doesn't mean you got to support and go to his concerts. It doesn't mean Justin Bieber's a Christian artist. It doesn't mean Justin Bieber's perfect. Justin Bieber's going to do all kinds of stuff. Justin Bieber's going to do all kinds of stuff that I'm going to disagree with, and I've talked about it on the channel before. I don't think it's healthy for anyone to continue flippantly smoking weed. I've talked about this on a channel. I don't think it's, I don't drink alcohol, right? I don't think it's wise, okay? But the fact that Jesus has clearly done something in this person's heart and, and, and done it to the point, think about this, think about this. This, he's done something to the point where not only is he stopping his show and proclaiming Jesus, he also has the foresight to say, I don't, I don't have all the answers so I'm going to bring in a pastor friend of mine because he's going to be, he's going to be able to articulate what Jesus did in my heart better because he, he, he's more articulate with this. He's, he's a little sharper with the language. If that's not a reason to rejoice that the gospel is being preached, I don't know what is. Now, would, would I love to see him lead, lead a, 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 a perfect life and great life? Yes, for sure. And I think he's going to. However, 
If we're talking about holiness, if we're talking about all these things, listen, you, you, we keep saying, where's the fruit? Where's the fruit? Where's the, where's the fruit? Okay, first of all, he's preaching the gospel. One. Two, both Chance and Justin Bieber stopped being sexually immoral and married their girlfriends and their wives. Okay, that's a big deal when you're a freaking pop star. I don't know if you quite understand how much access to excess you have, how much access to drugs, hard drugs you have, how much access to women you have. So the fact that they both got married to their girlfriends that they were cohabitating with and being probably being sexually moral with, I don't know, but I would assume so, right? The fact that they uh, uh, stopped doing hard drugs, and there's a big difference between popping pills, doing lean, doing cocaine, and smoking weed, I think is amazing. I think that's a, that's a pretty, that's some fruit there. That's some fruit. Do, do, do I want to see Justin continue on the journey of sanctification? Absolutely. But I don't, we don't need Justin Bieber to be a gospel artist, okay? By the way, this man, Chandler Moore from Maverick City Music, performed at this thing with, I don't know if he performed with Justin Bieber or he was on stage with, I think he was on stage with Justin Bieber at some point, right? So sanctification is a lifelong journey. If you think that there's areas in your life that you don't need sanct- the sanctifying power of the Holy Spirit on, you think you have it all together, there's no sin, you think that Justin still smoking weed is such a big deal, but the, but the hatred in your heart is okay, but the little white lies you tell are okay, but the times you lust after women are or look at porn is okay fam you might want to take the plank out of your own eye you might you might want to slow your roll with the judgment the fact that there's statistically speaking people that are going to be watching this video right now and are going to finish this video and within the next 24 hours go look at pornography and lust but they're mad at because justin bieber preached the gospel and talked about smoking weed on peaches like the the, uh, the the degree of hypocrisy and cognitive dissonance in, in some of these critiques is so wild to me. So I'm not saying that it's okay for us to live lawless. No. Repent of your sin. Repent of drunkenness. Repent of your sexual immorality. If you're sleeping around, stop it. If you're, if you're getting drunk, cut it out. If you're lying, if you're cheating, stop. Repent. Okay? But do not sit here and think that because... Your sin is a bit more sophisticated or in the cut or not as many people know that you are somehow more righteous or more holy or more sanctified than this dude who's living his life under a microscope and has been, by the way, since he was 14 years old in front of the entire world. Where's the grace and the charity and the mercy and the compassion? Have a little bit of patience with people. Love people. Let them walk through this process. Let, let, let's see where he is 10 years from now. He's been on his journey for a while. I've seen Justin Bieber at multiple Bible studies. Okay, and I've seen him when he wasn't doing so well, when when he didn't look like he was clean. Okay, so this to me is is probably I'm saying I'm not like I know I know Justin and we'd be kicking it. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying I've seen him pre (laughs) this encounter and I've seen him post and he seems like he's in a much healthier, more stable place. I'm happy for the for the work that that the Holy Spirit's doing in Justin Bieber's life. And I think uh, before we criticize him, before we critique him, before we throw stones from our glass house. How about we get our house in order? You press in and you work on that sanctifying process. So when you see this and you see other celebrities or whoever other Christians and there's clearly sin, whatever, okay, cool, respect, you know, I understand. Stop and pause and and say, have you done the last thing God told you to do? Have you confessed and repented of the last things that God told you to do? Are you actively working on killing your sin? Are you waging war on your sin? Or are you just throwing stones from your glass house? Kingstream Entertainment. Bruce Lawn. 
Hey, thank you so much for making it till the end of this video. If you found it valuable, please consider giving it a like and subscribing. You can check out one of the other videos related to this that'll be over here. Now I gotta tell you about a free training I have for anyone that is an entrepreneur, a creative, an artist, but maybe you are unsure on how to find your voice, how to find your niche. I have a free training in the description of this video. Check it out. Once again, thank you so much for watching. I appreciate you and I will see you on the next video. Bruce Lawn. I'm doing something I've never done on this channel before. I'm going to be reacting to a message from Judas Smith. Why am I doing this? I just put out a video yesterday about Justin Bieber sharing his testimony at his Freedom concert in Los Angeles. I think it was last weekend with Chance the Rapper, Jaden Smith, the homie Chandler Moore. I believe Carrie Job was there. Tori Kelly, no, because the hair joke, Tori Kelly, a bunch of folks were there. The show looked dope. Justin Bieber, uh, in, in an emotional moment, shared his testimony. You guys could go watch that video. And I talked about that. I thought it was awesome. Let me get to why I think this is awesome and, and what some of the more religious legalistic folks might be missing in all of this. But before that, I wanted to now play Judas Smith's talk from that night that a lot of folks haven't seen. And I actually kind of had to piece this together. This isn't going to be the best audio footage, but I just want to examine it and just say, hey, did Judas Smith do a reasonable presentation of the gospel? I have not heard this entire message, so I don't know. I'm going to try to stop and translate of what he's saying theologically, right? And by the way, I'm not claiming I'm some expert on like having to present a gospel a certain way, uh, nor am I endorsing everything that Judas Smith has ever said or does say or whatever. So I'm just going to do my best to give you guys my thoughts on this presentation and play as much of it as I can and just say like, okay, well, Let's see, did, how, did, how was the gospel presented? Justin Bieber shares his testimony. He talks about Jesus, says Jesus changed his life. And then he says, I'm going to bring up my pastor friend, Judas Smith, to share uh, the, the good news of Jesus with you guys. Let's get into this clip, and, uh, and I'm going to stop and talk. So if you want the actual video, go somewhere else and look at the actual video. This is going to be my commentary on the video. Some of you guys don't quite understand how reaction videos work. So this is going to be my commentary reacting to Pastor Judas Smith sharing about Jesus at... Justin Bieber's Freedom Experience concert in Inglewood, California. Okay. Speeches and miracles. People begin to gather around this man by the thousands. He did not claim to be a mere prophet. He did not claim to be a mere preacher or speaker or even one who points the way. He claimed to be the way. So he talks about Jesus not claiming to be a prophet, a speaker, or anything else. He claimed to be the way. Okay. So out the rip, he's saying Jesus is distinguished from any other figure in terms of religion. He actually claimed to be skin and bone God. He actually said, I'm God amongst you. He said, I'm God amongst you. Sorry if the audio is bad on this. This is a cell phone video. I did my best to piece together the best quality footage. So let's keep going. And all of your searching and all of your cravings and all of your appetites and all of your desires is you, God, that we're searching for. One of the titles given for God not used much is the desire of all nations. Whether we know it or not, there is within each and every one of us an unrelenting so he's appealing to what we would call a classical apologetics view of the presentation. So he's appealing to people's, what we would call their imago day. He's saying all of us have this desire to connect with God, this desire to connect with our creator, to create, to connect with our designer. Okay. So this is a different 
apologetic approach because you're appealing to people's image bearer that they're made in the image of God, that they want to connect with 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 God, their creator. It's a bit of a different um, approach than some people who maybe do like street outreach or uh, air preaching. Is that what it's called? Air preaching. It's a slightly different approach. So we, I just want to point that out. By the way, I was also told that Justin Bieber primarily performed the songs from Freedom and his I guess clean songs in this set. So a lot of you guys are like, how could he perform peaches and then talk about Jesus? Well, he didn't perform peaches. He didn't perform any of his vulgar stuff. So I don't know if that's going to continue happening, but apparently the entire set was clean and the entire set was, you know, his freedom stuff. Okay. Uh, as far as I know. So shout out to some of you guys that reached out and told me that, uh, that were at the event. There's something inside of us that cries out. There must be more to this life than the curation of things and stuff, reputation, Something inside of us that cries out there must be more than the things of this world, the reputation, material things, money. Okay, respect. That is true. Those are the two two greatest commandments. First, the first one is to love God. The second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Okay, let's keep watching. It was in that earthly ministry that Jesus began to tell the crowds of thousands, I'm going to die. People begin to murmur and whisper. They begin to wonder, why would you die? If you're God, why would you die? And he began to explain in so many different ways with so many different metaphors and analogies. He said, I'm going to die for you. Okay, so he says, Jesus starts telling the crowds, I'm going to die. And he said, why are you going to die? If you're God, why are you going to die? And he says, because I'm going to die for you. Some of you guys should look this up. This is an interesting doctrine. It's called the it's called penal substitution. Okay, this is not embraced by all of Christianity, but the vast majority of Christianity. And this is just the, the Wikipedia page. You could look it up and go to Got Questions. But penal substitution is that it basically means that Jesus died a sacrificial choice and was punished for sinners in place of sinners. Okay. The satisfying the demands of justice. So God can justly forgive sin. So now we're not just talking. You have a hole in your heart that only Jesus can fill you. You know, Jesus, Jesus is God. Jesus is the way. Remember this is this everything he's saying. He's not saying Jesus had to die in your place on the cross. Okay, in your place on the cross. So this so you guys know this is coming from the reform tradition. For the Bible says that all of us have erred. We have wronged. We are selfish. We have hurt one another. We have hurt ourselves. We have done things that by definition are wrong. So he says all of us have erred. We're selfish. We've done things that are wrong. He says this on the back of Jesus needing to die on the cross for your sin. This is not a cookie cutter gospel message. Now, some of you guys are going to be like, well, why did he not say sin? He should have said sin. (laughs) He said, die for you. And he said, we're wrong and we're selfish, but he needs to say sin. Okay. Maybe he does say sin. Did you have to say certain words to communicate the ideas behind those words. If you say, hey, listen, uh, Jesus died for you because someone had to deal with the consequence of your sin or, or your shortcoming or you being you falling short of the standards of God, 
This is a pretty straightforward, solid gospel presentation so far. So let's keep watching. Here I had to switch clips because that was only a two-minute clip, so I had to find a different clip. So let's check out this other clip. Uh, again, sorry for the, for the footage. It's shaky, but let's keep going. For the Bible says that all of us have erred. We have wronged. We are yep. selfish. Come on. We have hurt one another. We have hurt ourselves. We have done things that by definition are wrong. So he tells the crowd that all of us are wrong. Okay, not just Mr. Mark, because yes, I know in the Greek the, the archery, archery term is that sin is just missing the mark. No, he goes on to say that all of us are wrong. So this is an affirmation of original sin. Sounds like an affirmation of total depravity as well. Okay, so let's keep going. The Bible says God came in the person of Jesus and he never committed one wrong act. He was perfect. He was sinless. Come on. And so he began to tell the crowds that begin to gather. He said, I'm going to die for your error and your wrong sin. Boom. There's that word sin. So he did say sin. So those of you guys that were like, Justin Bieber didn't play the gospel. He just said it. Well, I mean, you got Judas Smith talking about sin, all of humanity being wrong to the point where Jesus had to die. I mean, let's, let's keep going. It seems like a pretty, uh, and this isn't a Christian show, by the way, this is not a Christian show. Okay. I'm gonna get to why this is all important in a second, but this is not a Christian show. So let's keep watching. Why? Because the ancient scriptures declares that the wages of our error and our wrong is death. Yeah. For the wages of the wrong is death. So now he's quoting Romans. Okay. We'll have to pay for our selfishness someday unless there was a man like you and me who had no sin who could pay for yours and for mine. So he's saying someone has to pay for your sin. Someone is perfect can do that, and that is Jesus. Okay, I'm getting goosebumps. This is this is solid. We are not here tonight to talk about a mythical man. We are here tonight to talk about a man. There is more proof that Jesus Christ lived than Abraham. Yes. This is a true historical figure. And the reason we are here tonight is because we believe that Jesus is the only human being in history who predicted his death, burial, resurrection, and pulled it off. Come on. So now he's talking about his death, burial, resurrection. So he's affirming the literal resurrection. He's affirming that Jesus predicted it. He's affirming scripture. Let's keep going. God, but even his closest friends forgot. He said, but on the third day, That's right. I will prove to humanity once and for all that I am God in the flesh. And here's how I will do it. I will prove to everyone that I am God because I will get up from the grave and nobody does that. That's what I'll do. So he says Jesus proves he's God by rising. Respect. Now, I'll do it so you know my message is true. Come on. My love is true. Come on. My forgiveness is true. That my freedom is true. So he got up. He rose on the third day. And he appeared to hundreds. See, you may not know the history of the teachings of Jesus. But now millions and millions of people follow this man from the Middle East. But they do not follow him because his words were nice and rhythmic. Hmm. They follow him. Because hundreds begin to tell everyone we were witnesses. We saw him alive after he had been crucified between two thieves. We saw him again. He beat death. He is God. He is the champion. He is the savior. He is the deliverer. He is the so he's, ta- he's going into 1 Corinthians 15 here. He's talking about Jesus appearing to the, the crowd being around for 40 days after he rose. Um, that, that, that there was this, this moment in history that even if you look up the secular accounts, secular scholars, secular authors uh, that, that, that all agree that like something happened with this little tribe of people and they just started 
following this Jesus guy, and they really believed he rose, right? This is the secular scholar saying this. The people who followed him believed that he literally rose. So, so this, this, is, this is good. I want Jesus. Uh, yeah, whatever. Whatever. You don't have to be Jesus. That's not what this is about. But wouldn't it be untruthful of us to stand on this stage? My man's killing me with this camera angle. <laughs> the nations have watched this man's life since he was 14 years old. He said, it's about Justin. We've been brothers for a long time. But this miracle you see sitting in front of you. Wow. This was not the doing of any person. Come on. Or mere therapy. And therapy is important. But I am telling you, this man's life has been saved and yes. transformed. Not by religion. Come on. Come on. This man's sitting here crying, yo. Wow. Nice person there was. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus said, I am the way, I'm the truth. Thank you, Jesus. And I'm the light. And I, I have to say, I, I hang on his every word. I, I need him in the morning. I need him during the day. I need him at night. I, I, what you see on this stage Thank you, really, Lord. really average broken people. Thank you, Jesus. That God is forgiven. It is that forgiveness that has set us free. I have good news and the preacher is done. Who knew there would be a preacher of the freedom experience? Come on. <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. You know, the Bible says that he who knew no sin yep. became sin. Yep. So that you and I might become yep. the righteousness of God in Come Christ on. Jesus. He who knew no sin became sin so that we may become the righteous. This is the great exchange from, from I believe, 2 Corinthians. That is such a good verse. I mean, he's preaching salvation by grace through faith alone, like... This is pretty incredible. You, and here's the good news we came to tell you tonight, and I'm done. You are already forgiven. All you've got to do is receive it. All you've got to do is accept it. You are forgiven. You are accepted. You are yes, Lord. You are in the palm of his hands. I'm telling you, we got good news out here. We got good news out here, Los Angeles. I said we got good news out here. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't know what else you guys want. I don't know what else you guys want. And I made this parallel, and I said if I was 8, 9, 10 years old, if I was 13, 14 years old, Michael Jackson has a, a show at a stadium, brings out worship leaders, brings out Christian artists, then stops, shares the testimony on how his life was a train wreck because he was a child star. And then says, but but Jesus changed my life. Then says, now I'm going to bring up my pastor friend 
to 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 help articulate this better. And then a pastor comes, I don't know who is Miles McPherson comes on stage. I don't know who's popping back then. Comes on stage, Rick Warren comes on stage and gives a 15-minute talk and shares Jesus is the only way. The scriptures are authoritative. You need to uh you you are a sinner. Someone has to die in your place. You receive the gift. If this happened to me when I'm between the ages of eight and fifteen, if I was experiencing this kind of stuff, oh my gosh, do you guys know how much pain and heartache chasing my own tail? this would have prevented me. So why am I talking about this? Why is this important? Because there's going to be certain people that are are so obsessed with dotting every I and crossing every T that you might just be missing a revival that's happening right now, right before our very eyes. And revivals are messy. Revivals require death coming back to life. Right. And so this might be happening right before our very eyes. And some of us are sitting here and we're saying, but he didn't say the word repent. But he didn't say the word hell. He didn't talk about hell. <laughs> and listen, like I, I understand we talk about repentance on the channel. If the if the message in Jesus is being preached, and you guys can go back and, and, and watch the video from yesterday about Philippians chapter one. Don't miss what God is doing right now in culture that I just haven't seen before, right? Like I haven't seen this before. I've been, I've been, I've been Christianity conscious since the late nineties. I remember going to a Billy Graham crusade because I was dating a girl and she was working the event for, for Jam and Z90 and just before I was saved. And I remember, and I remember being, but I never, never remember a time where the biggest pop stars, as messy and, and sloppy as they are sometimes, are proclaiming Jesus, but not just proclaiming Jesus, bringing pastors on stage to help articulate the gospel. And, and, and because of your potential religiosity and wanting everything to be perfect and the messenger to be perfect, don't miss this. Because here's the opportunity. Here's the opportunity that you guys, you guys, you guys, you guys are missing. This is the part where you're not, you're, you're disconnected because you want it to be perfect. This is what you're missing. There are people in your life that are fans of Justin Bieber, and this is an opportunity for you to start a conversation with them about Jesus. There are people in your life who are fans of Jaden Smith, who are fans of Conor McGregor, who are fans of whoever, and they don't know Jesus. And if you say, hey, did you hear about that freedom experience? What freedom experience? Justin Bieber just had this show. Well, freedom. Oh, he did. Yeah, he had a freedom experience show. And Jaden Smith was there. And, and, and Chester Rapper was there. You like Chester, right? Yeah, I like Chester. Did, did you hear that there was a message preached by Judas Smith? Who's Judas Smith? Oh, let me tell you who Judas Smith. Did you did you know that, that, that there was worship music from 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 uh, this guy named Chandler Moore from Maverick City Music? Who's Maverick City Music? Oh, I thought you'd never ask. Let me show you. Let me tell you. Oh, by the way, have I told you about what Jesus has done in my life? Have I told you about how he's transformed my life? You know the same Jesus that, that Justin's talking about? He's done the same thing for me. And in the same way, Justin's not perfect. I'm not perfect. This is an opportunity to evangelize. This is an opportunity to tell people about Jesus, but instead we want to get caught up in the in the particulars and all these other things. And I'm not saying doctrine and theology and these things don't matter. I'm telling you, I have never seen a moment like this. In a time where the world is so divided, in a time where there's, there's so much un, uncertainty and unease, but there's so much seeming clarity of God doing this thing with multiple, multiple people 
on, on the biggest of platforms. And I think this is an alley-oop. I think this is an alley-oop for people who are claiming to be citizens of the kingdom to use this moment in culture to talk about Jesus. But the question is, are you going to sit here and debate the particulars and, and how he didn't say repent enough and how he did say this and, and he just made it sound too easy and easy believism? Are you going to sit here and debate the particulars? Or are you going to see this as opportunity to go in and say, hey, we can use this as an opportunity to tell people about Jesus. We can use this as an opportunity to invite people to church. We can use this as an opportunity to sit down and study the Bible with people. That's the part where I think we're disconnected at. And furthermore, do you even have any non-Christians in your life? If I'm on mission with this Jesus and I'm trying to help rescue people from the line that they're standing in that's going to send them to hell to the line to get them to heaven, do I even, like, oh, what, are we, what are we debating about? Share the gospel with them. And here's an alley-oop. Here's an alley-oop. Oh, but the, but the, 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 the geometric bounce off the backboard isn't exactly perfect, so I'm not even going to attempt. I'm going to sit here and just throw my hands up. Right? Like, I don't know. That's the part that frustrates me about, 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 about some of this stuff. And I know you guys are like, Ruslan, don't mock. Listen, sometimes religious people need to be mocked. Sometimes the ideas behind the religiosity needs to be mocked. We see that in scripture. We see that in Galatians 5. Okay? Sometimes the nonsense attached to some of these ideologies that are counterintuitive to the gospel need to be mocked. That are counterintuitive to grace and mercy and humility need to be mocked. Okay? So hopefully, hopefully this is helpful. Kingstream Entertainment. Bruce Lawn. Hey, thank you so much for making it to the end of this video. If you found it valuable, please consider giving it a like and subscribing. You can check out one of the other videos related to this that'll be over here. Now, I got to tell you about a free training I have for anyone that is an entrepreneur, a creative, an artist, but maybe you are unsure on how to find your voice, how to find your niche. I have a free training in the description of this video. Check it out. Once again, thank you so much for watching. I appreciate you, and I will see you on the next video.